a desert planet with twin suns. Cassian Ander. This is what revolution looks like. People are standing up. Welcome back to Twin Sun Talks, folks. I'm your host, Jonah Liu. Thank you so much for listening. And welcome to this week's Andor Review and Breakdown. We're breaking down episode four. So without further ado, let's dive into our trooper training. I have spoken. So like I said in the intro, in this episode, we're going to be reviewing and breaking down episode four of Andor called Aldani. And like normal, I'm going to start off with my non-spoiler review, followed by my full spoiler review and breakdown, followed by my vision segment where I discuss any theories that I have for the show moving forward. So my non-spoiler review of this episode is that this was my favorite episode so far. It felt more like Star Wars than any of the previous ones, which I still really enjoyed. Um, But I thought that it had a lot of really cool subtle Easter eggs that didn't pull too much focus from the story, but really put you into that Star Wars world. It's giving me major Rogue One vibes, and it just makes me super excited to see where the story leads next. That said, the rest of this episode will have full spoilers, so this is your spoiler warning. Spoiler, 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 spoiler. Let's dive in. So, the first thing that I want to talk about is Luthen's ship. It has a really cool design with a really cool navigation system, which is very reminiscent of sort of like L337 being integrated into the Millennium Falcon, but this is like sort of specifically made for it. It's able to make really quick hyperspace jumps, which is really cool. It looks to be Corellian. Speaking of the... Uh, Millennium Falcon. That's a Corellian ship model, and it has a very similar look to it, especially with its viewport. Super cool. Can't wait to see it in action more. Um, it also has sort of a similar uh, compartment to Lando's, where it has like all of his capes and, and stuff like that. So all in all, really cool ship and um, super cool, super cool addition to the show. We also get a look at Coruscant. Uh, it was cool to see it prominently featured on screen for the first time uh, in a very long time. Obviously, we got to see it in Kenobi, but since, other than that, we haven't really seen it in any of the new Star Wars canon from Disney, which is wild. So that was super, super cool to see. And we also got a look into the Imperial Security Bureau, or the ISB, which is a law enforcement and intelligence agency of the Galactic Empire, which was essentially charged with matters of internal state security and ensuring the loyalty and fidelity of the citizens of the Empire. They're sort of like the secret police, the Gestapo. Um, they're very different than the regular Imperial Navy, which is like the regular military, basically. Um, so it's really cool to see their perspective. I thought that the the leaders analogy of comparing them to a healthcare system essentially like removing sickness um making sure that everything runs as smoothly as possible i thought that that was a kind of an interesting take um and the internal politics are really interesting to see as well i'll talk about that more when i talk about uh deidre miro later but first i want to talk about deputy inspector karn cyril karn um who we spent a lot of time with in the first three episodes First of all, he's a mama's boy. He went straight back to his mom after being fired. Um, obviously, he's still pretty shaken by the events of the previous episode. And he also got to witness the Empire's complete upheaval of his entire organization and the downfall of his corporation. So I'm very interested interested to see where his story goes from here. We don't get too much of him in this episode, but it's still a pretty fascinating storyline. Next up, we have Luthen. 
who's, again, played by Stellan Skarsgård. He's a super interesting character. I think he might be my favorite character from this show so far. He's some sort of collector. He moonlights as this sort of collector, sells antiques in his spare time. Um, but before I get into his gallery, I want to talk about the Kuwati signet that he gives to Cassian as sort of an upfront collateral. It's made of blue kyber. It's called the Sky Stone. And it celebrates the uprising against Rakatan invaders. Now, before I go into that, kyber was the material, the mineral that powered both the Death Star laser and Jedi lightsabers. So they're very valuable stones. We see Jyn Erso with a kyber crystal in Rogue One. Um, they have a lot of significance in a lot of cultures because of their power and their sort of mystical properties. Now, there is reference to Rakatan invaders. I'm not entirely sure if this has ever been even been mentioned in canon before, so this is pretty exciting because the Rakatans were a very advanced amphibious species from the unknown regions who pioneered hyperspace travel, lightspeed travel. They were force-sensitive and targeted force-attuned planets and conquered and enslaved and ruled most of the galaxy uh, before the time of the Republic until its collapse several millennia before the Battle of Yavin, like 25,000 years. And the events of this collapse eventually led to the formation of the Galactic Republic. But it's a very well-known event in Star Wars lore. It happens a very, very long time before the Skywalker saga. But it's really cool to be able to have that sort of reference, even if the full story isn't um, canonized. The name Rakaden is, if they weren't already. But um, that was just a cool little Easter egg. Then we get into Luthen's gallery. He offers Mon Mothma an Utapawan monk cudgel. Now, Utapawans, obviously, Utapau is the planet where Obi-Wan fights General Grievous in Revenge of the Sith and kills him. It's the planet with the sinkholes, and the Utapawans, or the Powans, are the ones who greet Obi-Wan. They're super tall, they have the weird teeth and the gray skin, the black eyes, the red marks on their uh, skin. Um, they greet Kenobi in Revenge of the Sith before that altercation. The Grand Inquisitor is also an Utapawan, um, or Powan. So... Just a cool little tidbit there. There's an armor stand that looks to have something very similar to Starkiller's armor. Starkiller being Galen Merrick, who is uh, sort of the main character of the game, The Force Unleashed and The Force Unleashed 2. I don't know. I thought that it really looked like that. Y'all can let me know if y'all agreed. But I thought that that was pretty interesting. There also seemed to be some sort of Mandalorian chest plate as well as other uh, armor pieces. So he has a pretty respectable collection. I'd be interested to see if he has any sort of Jedi artifacts as well moving forward. We we shall see, I suppose. But I really want to spend more time in that gallery and get to see all what all you can see in the background. I'm sure there's stuff that I missed. So if I, if I did, let me know in the comments. Um, but speaking of a Mothma, she is a Chandralarian Chandralarian senator uh, who was... A senator during the Republic and is also a senator during the Empire. She stays on the Empire's good side to try to enact change covertly. She is a very prominent rebel leader, as we see in the original trilogy. Um, but obviously, the Empire is starting to realize what she's doing. Um, they're trying to sort of uh, prevent her from enacting real change by 
uh, changing bank staffs and preventing her from moving funds as efficiently as she was able to before. Um, and I just think that that's super interesting, that sort of tension. They, they, she has a new driver now. It's all very tense, which I think is super interesting. Um, her husband is a man named Perrin Firtha, and he seems very either uninterested or unaware of Manmatma's sort of treasonous tendencies, rebellious tendencies. And the dinner party had some really cool Easter eggs as well, because on the guest list, um, we hear that Ars Dengur and Sly Moore from the vizier's office will be attending their dinner party. Now, Ars Dengur was a member of the ruling council of the Galactic Empire, and Sly Moore, uh, I think if she wasn't on that ruling council, she was very close to Palpatine and was part of his personal entourage during the Clone Wars. She's an Umbaran senator. Um, very creepy. She's the one that's bald with pale white skin. Super creepy character. But just having those sort of little nods in there were just a really cool, once again, very immersive addition to the episode that just kind of puts you more into that world. And just kind of her panic upon hearing that those people are coming was was pretty interesting as well. Um, now I want to talk about Deidre Miro. She's more nuanced than expected. I thought that she was just going to be kind of a straight-up evil character, but she seems like she's in a very cutthroat field and has a chip on her shoulder. She receives some tough love, but also some encouragement from her boss. So I don't feel like we got too much about her in this one, but I'm interested to see where her character goes from here. Then we get Vel and her team, who Cassian joined on... Um, Oh, crap. What is it? On Aldani, the namesake of this episode. Um, they're the team that Cassian has been hired to help. And, oh, also, I don't have this on my uh, on my thing, but I remember Cassian is said to have fought on Mimbam um, for, uh, during the Battle of Mimbam when, whenever the, ga- the Empire turned their own fighters against them. First of all, Throwback to Umbaro when Pongrel turned the clones against each other. Second of all, Mimbam, I'm pretty sure that's where Han Solo was fighting in um, during like the mud sort of World War One vibey uh, portion of Solo: A Star Wars Story. So cool little tidbit there. But Vel and her team, their their whole atmosphere is very gritty and tense. They've been embedded in a, their environment that they're in right now for a very long time. They trust each other, but have sacrificed a lot to get where they are, and they aren't too keen on a paid gun coming in and potentially muddying the waters. That sort of intrigue and tension is what I wanted from this show, and I'm really excited to see their heist in the next episode because I think that's all been portrayed super, super well, and um, and I'm super excited about it. As far as my review goes, I am so pleased with this episode. It was the perfect mix of fresh story with fun Easter eggs, that were just enough to spark my attention, but subtle enough to not pull a bunch of focus and be like, oh my gosh, this character's in here. You know what I mean? I feel like it was like the perfect kind of Easter eggs that were sprinkled throughout. And they also made sense. Like they, were, they, were, they weren't unnecessary. It wasn't just like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if this person showed up? Like it was like, no, these make sense given the context of where they're located in the story. So props to the story team. They did good. Um, it really just left me wanting more whenever the credits rolled. I just wanted to keep watching, which is awesome. Um, and 
I don't know. I think this show is really cool because it's felt more and more like Star Wars as it's gone along. And I could be overanalyzing this, but I think it could be representative of Cassian not being fully integrated into the grander Star Wars story yet. He isn't privy to the grandeur and the mysticism of the, the Jedi and the Force and the things associated with them. He's just a regular person who's living a regular life, and he gets brought into this bigger world. And as he gets more immersed into the Star Wars galaxy as we know it, more Star Wars references showed up, show up, and it starts to be, feel, quote-unquote, more like Star Wars. So I think that that's super cool. I'm really excited for more. And that's about all that I have for my review and breakdown. So without further ado, let's dive into Visions. To continue, we need one singular vision. My vision. I don't have too much to go off of because honestly, I don't really know what to expect from the show, which is exciting, but I do have a few things. First of all, Yularen might show up. Admiral Yularen was an officer during the Clone Wars. I don't fully remember what his rank is during the Empire, but he is an Imperial officer as well who works for the ISB. So I think that it would be really interesting to see him at least mentioned or maybe integrated into that side of the story. Uh, Masameda, who's the vizier reference, the vizier's office, um, I think that he could be involved in either that dinner party, he might make a surprise appearance, or we could see him and or Palpatine, or both, uh, presiding over the Imperial Senate whenever we get to see that side of things from a Mothma's perspective, which I think would be awesome. I want to see more of Luthen's collection. I think that there there's so much opportunity for some really cool little things to be sprinkled throughout his gallery that I I just can't wait to find more. Um, Cyril Karn will continue to be a fascinating character to follow, as will Deidre Miro. Neither of them have gotten too much development yet, but I think that both of them will build into very compelling characters, um, potentially going in opposite directions. I feel like Karn has a very good potential to eventually join the rebellion whereas i feel like deidre is just going to get more and more entrenched within the empire i don't know I, it could go either way but i think that both of them are going to be really fascinating to follow i just want this show to stay dark and i don't know what to expect but that's honestly super exciting so that's about all that i have i hope y'all enjoyed this episode because i certainly did and make sure you stay tuned next monday for our next regular episode Keep staying tuned on Wednesdays as we keep pumping these reviews out. And yeah, make sure to follow us on Instagram at Twin Sun Talks. Subscribe to us on YouTube, Twin Sun Talks Podcast. And make sure to listen and follow wherever you get your podcasts by searching Twin Sun Talks. That being said, you've taken your first steps into a larger world. May the force be with you and I will see you all in the next episode. Bye, friends.